Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we all stand together tonight and just magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, I worship you. God, you're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're wonderful, Lord. You're wonderful, Lord. You're wonderful, Lord. Hallelujah, Savior. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord.
and not we ourselves. We got something to praise the Lord about here tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus. My God's not dead. He is alive. My God's not dead. He is alive. My God's not dead. He is alive. I feel him in my head. I feel him in my feet. I feel him in my God's not dead. He's alive. Oh my God's not dead. 
testimony tonight anybody thankful for what the Lord has done for them hallelujah oh I'm grateful hallelujah for what he's done for me friend he delivered me he gave me the Holy Ghost he turned my life all around I've got a reason to celebrate I've got a reason to rejoice here tonight normally do this amen but I just asked pastor and he said it's okay so I'm gonna ask does anybody have a testimony you don't I, I'm not gonna put any pressure on anybody but if you have a testimony amen I just want to hear amen I just want you to share it tonight with everybody here amen if you have a testimony let me know I'll run this mic down to you anybody 
It could be just that you're thankful the Lord filled you with the Holy Ghost. All right, so I wasn't going to put any pressure on you, so I'm not going to do that. Brother Josh has one. All right, let me write it down to you. I just want to thank God that in my darkest hour, in my darkest day, He has always been there. He has always been there for me. And I think back to that song that says, If you've been through what I've been through, you would be praising too. that he's so faithful he's promised not to forsake us i'm not going to be the first one at that he's going to forsake he's going to always be there i'm thankful that i can trust him amen hallelujah jesus anybody else i don't want to leave anybody out brother brad one sec First of all, I want to thank everyone that had been praying for my wife to come back to church and uh, been praying for a long time. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. I thank God every day. She's in the church tonight with me. I thank him for all that he's done for me and keeps doing for me. And I pray for all of you. I love you. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's give him glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for the glory of the Lord that's here. Amen. He inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. We are saved by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing. A new life Pentecostal church. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to have our ushers come prepare to receive the offering tonight. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to hearing testimony that Pastor has from his recent trip to Africa, hearing, amen, the wonders that the Lord has performed there. I got kind of a sneak peek because they shared with me the Google Photos thing. And uh, there's a miracle in that story. Yeah. And we get to hear about it tonight. Amen. God's going to get the glory for it. I mean, why don't we pray over this offering, the remainder of the service? Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Amen, to be in your house, to feel your touch, your presence. Lord, thank you for all that you have done for us. God, thank you for the spirit of worship that's in this place. I pray that you would continue to move the remainder of the service, anoint the word of God. I pray that you would bless this offering, bless the gift and the giver. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen, amen. Let's worship the Lord. I wish somebody saw what catch on fire, catch on fire, catch on fire. I wish somebody saw what catch on fire, burning with the Holy Ghost. Well, I wish somebody saw what catch on fire, catch on fire. 
It's not a flame, but every time you see the fire of the Lord referring to God in the pages of the Word of God, the Bible uses the term consuming right next to it. Amen. God is not just a fire. He is not just a flame. He is not just a a flicker. Amen. He's not just a candle. Amen. But He is a consuming fire. Amen. He's a consuming fire. Hallelujah. Lord, would you burn me up? Amen. Would you burn me up tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. There's an evangelist that was back in, I I think, the early Pentecostal, uh, modern Pentecostal movement, and and they asked him what his trick was, amen, to have such a move of God. And he said, well, I just set myself on fire, and people come to watch me burn. Amen, I'm not sure who that was. Somebody. All right, well, I figured he would know, but, but, uh, Amen. Not tonight, I don't. <laughs> right now, he's, he's on Africa time, and it's almost 2 o'clock in the morning over there. <clears throat> Amen. Anyway, glad to have Pastor home. Amen. Aren't you glad that Pastor's home? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. And we're going to have Pastor come and give us his testimony about what went on in Africa and everything else he is, because he's the pastor. Amen. He can do whatever he wants. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for that liberty, Brother Hilton. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. And uh, for those who have never made a trip overseas, you don't understand how very real jet lag is. And I promise you, it's not something I'm just putting on. My body feels like it's almost 2 in the morning right now. And uh, I'm doing my best to press my way through the haze and the fog. And that's why if you ask me about a week and a half from now who that was, I can probably tell you. But right now, don't even ask me who I am. Uh, Because right now, I'm not entirely certain. But uh, I did uh, go through and I had Brother Josh download some pictures. In fact, I don't know. I just added one to it. I hope you saw that. yeah, I did. So check your phone there. It's there. Uh, this is what happens when it's 2 o'clock in the morning. But anyhow, great things happened. I, I do want to say again, I said this morning, and I want to say again how very, very thankful I am for the sacrifice that was made. Uh, I know, I know that a number of you were up in the middle of the night praying And I know that a number of you took days of fasting. Some of you even sent messages of encouragement to let me know you were praying. And let me just say to you, you will never know how much that means. 
I appreciate it very, very much. And uh, sometimes I don't respond right away, and then if I don't respond right away, I may not respond at all. But with the time difference, and then with the internet connection problems that we often have, uh, sometimes it's hours before I see a message. And uh, when I finally see it, you don't want me responding because you don't want me waking you up in the middle of the night. And so please understand, but I do appreciate it very, very much. God was very good to us on this trip. And I know Brother Hilton reported on some of the things, but I'm going to take just a few minutes and uh, I don't have a whole lot. Of, I'm, I've got a lot of pictures I could show you, but I don't want to drag the service down any. I just want to give you a little feel for what we experienced. I've made mention this morning, I think this was uh, perhaps the busiest I have ever been on any trip I've made, and that's saying something, seeing as how I go four times a year and have gone more than that in some previous years. And so we've made a lot of trips, uh, having begun in June of 2013 until now. Uh, it's unbelievable for me to think that it's been almost five years. Next month will be five years since this thing all began. But uh, uh, knowing all of the trips that we've had and as busy as I've been, I don't think there has been a time that my schedule has been as full. And in fact, I think we're going to close this presentation by giving you uh, just a little glimpse at the just, uh, into just how full it was. And uh, so you'll see that. But uh, let me just tell you, here's the way that it went. Uh, we boarded a plane on Monday and uh, flew into Johannesburg, South Africa, uh, got there, and um, our flight into Zimbabwe was not until the next day, and so we got in that evening, had supper, tried to go to bed. About 11.30, my phone rang. Uh, I was just getting ready to go to bed at 11.30 that night, uh, and uh, my phone rang, and it was a preacher friend who did not know that I was in Africa at the time, and he just wanted to talk, so I did what we do and talked. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I don't know what time I got to bed that night and about three o'clock in the morning, I was wide awake and just got up. And so I stayed up um, at that point and uh, uh, then we went and caught a flight into Zimbabwe. We got into Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. Uh, that afternoon, I think we get in about noon or one o'clock. I don't remember now. I don't remember much of anything, but it's amazing that I'm remembering what I'm remembering right now, all right? So um, we got into into Zimbabwe and had some things we had to take care of, but then we had a, we had a drive ahead of us to get to the city of Mutari. There, there are no uh, major airports anywhere close to Mutari, and so we had to drive, and what a trip that was. Um, our driver, I think, was afraid of bridges, and so we would come close to a bridge and he'd slow down to about 20 miles an hour. Uh, if he saw a car approaching, he'd slow down to about 20 miles an hour. I think he was afraid of everything, in fact. I don't know. but, but uh, And then there was a big stretch of that road where, now wait a minute, don't start putting pictures up yet. I'm not ready for that. Um, yeah, thank you. So um, there was a stretch of that road where there was free-roaming cattle and goats 
and donkeys. I'm not kidding you. Just, well, I would say walking across the road, but donkeys, you know, kind of take up residence wherever they're at, and they don't care. Um, so we would have to watch that, uh, and between dodging that and potholes, um, and when I say potholes, the interpretation thereof is small swimming pools. Um, in fact, they say that the way you can tell, I may have told you this when we did our presentation the other night, but they said the way you can tell if a driver, driver in Zimbabwe is sober is if he's driving straight. Uh, if, if, if he's driving straight, you, um, if he's drunk, I'll get this right in a minute, you can tell he's drunk if he's driving straight because sober drivers are going to be dodging the potholes. And uh, so if he's just driving straight down the road, you, you know he's probably drunk. Um, and so it took us, I think, about nine hours to make that drive to Mutari. Google said it was six, but Google has never ridden with Pastor Robert Chitindo. And um, Google has probably never driven on the roads in Zimbabwe either. And so it was one o'clock in the morning when we got to Mutari, and uh, we pulled over uh, to wait on the folks that were supposed to take us to our room. Now, I think I mentioned to you about the room. Didn't I tell you about the room? Every room that we priced was $100 a night. Uh, they told us this was going to be $100 for both Brother Stewart, his wife, and my wife and I for the entire stay. Uh, I told you I was a little concerned about that, and for good reason. Um, so anyhow, one o'clock in the morning, we pulled over to wait on our hosts to come find us and get us and lead us to our room. Uh, when they finally got there, the car battery was dead. I should have, I should have shown you the picture of the um, jumper cables we had to use. Uh, if you can imagine a heavy-duty extension cord with both ends cut off and loose wires hanging out, that is what our jumper cables look like. And they just took the loose wires and wrapped them around the posts of the battery, and that's the way we got our car going again. Uh, it was quite exciting, to say the least, at 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but what was even more exciting is when they started leading us to our hotel. Now you can put the first picture up, and I don't even know how these come, so I'm going to have to tell the story as we go as the pictures come up. But, but anyhow, if, um, if we can get the first picture, this picture was taken as we were driving to, um, to our room. And uh, all right, now, th this is in motion, all right, so you got to understand it's not clear but here's what I want you to realize. That little path right there, yeah, there you go. See that little path right there? That's the road we were traveling on to get to our wonderful $100 lodge. And I'm telling you, and I hope my wife doesn't mind me saying this, but she said, no, 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 honey, we can't, we can't. I said, look, we, we can spend one night there. She said, no, we can't. We can't even stay one night, not even one night. Well, I tell you, it was so bad that our African driver, Pastor Robert, he was talking to the guys in front of him. He didn't have a phone or anything. He's just sitting in the car, but he's hollering, no, my brothers, no, you can't do this to these people. And uh, so it was that bad driving down this road, all right? Now, we got there, and um, 
that the, the house really didn't look that bad. I said, well, see, it's, it's not that bad. Uh, and so we got in there, and, and the room was fairly nice. It was actually a two-bedroom house. And they put my wife and I in one bedroom, brother and sister Stuart in the other bedroom, had a big, huge living room. And, you know, it looked decent. It, it really did. And we thought, well, this is not bad for $100 for three nights. And um, then we got ready to go get a shower. Um, and there was no running water. Uh, for three days, there was no running water. So one night, uh, they heated up buckets of water for us to use for a sponge bath. And then they brought us like a big, I don't know what to call it, a kettle, coffee pot, some kind of deal, and we would heat up our own water each night so we could get a sponge bath. And that went on for three nights. I should have also shown you the picture of our breakfast, which she charged an additional $3 per person per day for breakfast. We only made that mistake one day. Our breakfast consisted of a pot of baked beans, um, boiled eggs, and I'm in church, so I can't really describe what the sausages look like, all right? But let's just say they looked recycled to me. Is that clear enough? Um, I did not eat any sausage. I did not eat any baked beans, and I did not eat any uh, whatever those eggs were. So... Um, so we didn't make that mistake again. And then we got ready to check out, and lo and behold, she had decided that $100 for three nights was not enough, so she charged us $100 per night. Uh, so we ended up paying $300 a night for a place that didn't even have water and where we got recycled food for breakfast. So, all right, so that's the bad story, and uh, that's about as bad as it gets, I guess, for the whole trip. Um, I mean, we on the way home, we had to dodge... We had to dodge uh, potholes and donkeys and goats and cows and a bush baby, which is the first time I've ever seen a bush baby. We didn't get a picture of it, but I'm going to tell you, it's one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had when late at night and everything's dark and you cannot imagine how dark the roads are in Africa. They don't have street lights at all, all right? No street lights. And most people's headlights are barely headlights. And there's not a whole lot of traffic on any roads at night. And so it is pitch black. And when all of a sudden, coming from the side of the road, are these two eyes the size of, uh, I don't even know what, a hoot owl, I guess. But it's on this creature that is jumping like a kangaroo. And it's staring at us with these two eyes through the darkness. Uh, it was an amazing experience. We found out it's called a bush baby. And you can look that up on Google. Uh, it's a crazy looking creature, never seen it before. But anyhow, that was on the way home. So let's talk a little bit about what happened while we were here. Thank God it's not all bad news. Um, this is, by the way, in case you can't tell, that's the dashboard of the car, and that's their GPS system, which it, can, it shows you we're just driving through the middle of the water here is what that looks like, but that we weren't. But anyhow, that GPS was not very accurate. Um, I'm trying to see the gas gauge. I, I, I got in the car with one guy the other day while we were there and I looked over, I said, yeah, you're a true Zimbabwean. He said, what do you mean? I said, your gas gauge is on empty. He said, no, no, no. He said, here in Zimbabwe, E means enough. 
That's a true story too. All right, let's see what the next picture is. I'm going to bore him to death. All right, here's the church building that we had our conference in. It is interesting to me, and I'm glad that Brother Stewart, Brother Stewart took most of these pictures. I'm glad that he did. You see up here it says AFM in Zimbabwe. Everybody see that? AFM stands for Apostolic Faith Mission. Now, that name may not ring a bell to you, but that was the name of the Azusa Street Church that William Seymour pastored. And in fact, this group, AFM, Apostolic Faith Mission, that is an entire denomination uh, that is all over Southern Africa, and they trace their roots back to William Seymour and the Azusa Street Revival. And... uh, uh, so that's where they got their name, but I just thought it was interesting that here we are, real apostolics. Now, the Apostolic Faith Mission is not a oneness organization, you understand. They're Trinitarian Pentecostals, but uh, I just thought it was interesting that we apostolics were having an apostolic truth conference at the Apostolic Faith Mission. They called themselves apostolic, but they were invaded by real apostolics. Let's move on to the next picture. And this is the inside of the building. What you'll see, this is typical for Africa. Every country I've been in, they're going to hang what streamers they can. They're going to decorate that platform uh, to the best of their ability to make it look as bright and as colorful as they can. That's a panorama. Uh, It looks like two separate pictures, but it's actually a panoramic view. The platform up here, they're singing, they're worshiping. This is some of the crowd. Uh, That was evidently the first day and uh, the crowd had not all yet arrived, but this is going back into the sanctuary here, and you see some of that there. All right, let's move on. This, um, this you can see a little better. Yeah, there you go. The apostolic movement in conjunction with Mutari Ministers Fraternal invite you to an interdenominational pastor's conference. Theme, thy word is truth. John 17, verse 17. Bishop Gregory Riggin, USA. Reverend Jesse Stewart, USA. And then the, here's all the information. But they made up these flyers. And this is actually back out on the picture again so they can see a little bit better. That's on the car door. It's taped to the car door. And several of them did this. They taped it to the door of their, or that's actually on the back end of a truck, looks like. But there were several of them had these taped on the sides of their doors, the back windows of the cars, uh, so that wherever they went in town, uh, they, were, they were advertising this meeting. All right, let's move on. Um, Brother Sister Stewart, and of course my wife and I overlooking the city of Mutari here. This is called Christmas Pass. It is just outside the city. Mutari is one of the most beautiful cities I've been to in Africa. Uh, Mountains everywhere. It's foggy. It's rainy. But you can see the mountains in the background. City of Mutari back here behind us. And we were up on this overlook, this scenic overlook called Christmas Pass. Which I said, wasn't that one of the ghosts that visited Scrooge? But anyhow, it was something like that. All right, let's move on. Uh, Here's a good view of the crowd that day. You can see how full the building was. I'm terrible with numbers. I, I hate to even give ideas, but they told me that they estimated there was somewhere around 200 people that showed up uh, that day. And um, there, this is not even all the sanctuary. There's, there's overflow on this side. There are more people over here 
on the side, but we had a full house and a hungry house. I'm telling you, those people were so hungry for the truth. Uh, I, I don't even know how many times the Holy Ghost just fell in that place in a powerful, powerful way. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, here's just one example where I was just giving it everything I had, and you can see the kind of response we're having, and they are getting with me. I'm telling you, the glory of God fell. This may have been uh, when I was preaching on baptism. I don't remember, but but I, but there was a moment when I was preaching on baptism when they just got it. The revelation hit, and I was so thankful that that happened. There was another day, the day I was teaching on the Godhead, I got to preaching about... Um, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And what that really means, which this church has heard me teach many, many times. But I'm telling you, the glory of the Lord just swept in that room. And, and we were weeping and sobbing. It was to the point I couldn't hardly even talk. And just such a power and such a glory that filled the house that day. It was just beyond description. The glory of God. I want some of you to go with me. I want you to start putting some money back and go with me. Brother White's told me about taking several of his people to the Philippines when he goes. It's time for some of you to go. Thank you for the five amens. I'd like for the rest of you to go too. I know it's expensive, but start saving now. Yeah, thank you for the one amen. So anyhow, we got through here. Here's a picture of one of the baptisms, and you can see the glory of God falling on this man when Brother Stewart brought him up out of the water. By the way, that's an inflatable pool we found at the grocery store there in Mutari. And uh, this has been one of the greatest things that we have discovered. These pools, you can actually buy them here in America for about $25 a piece. They, they don't cost much of anything. Um, and uh, yeah, I know, but anyhow, it's okay. Um, they don't cost much of anything. Now there, they cost, I think that was about $45 there in Zimbabwe, but uh, it is such a blessing. You know, most of these guys don't preach that baptism is necessary. And so whether or not they've got a baptismal pool doesn't matter to them. It, it's not important to them. And, and so... A lot of times we get in these conferences, we've got nowhere to baptize. They build these churches. That church where we had the meeting did not have a baptistry in it. As large as it was, there's no baptistry. And so we run into the challenge of we've told them to get baptized. We've got no place to baptize them. And so something like this is a tremendous blessing. And these guys can just deflate that and pack it up and take it into the rural areas and baptize other folks and they're doing that and uh, I'm trying to get each region at least one of these because they are so inexpensive. The biggest problem is getting them there because you know they charge us baggage by the pound and so it's not always easy to do it. So if we can get there and find them, it's a much better thing for us. But finding them is another story. But as we baptize folks, I just can't tell you again, it was just the glory of God. 
every time we put somebody down in Jesus name I am fully expecting to get reports of miracles there were times that we just felt the miraculous power of God fill that place and there were some of those that were dancing and worshiping some of them got out of the baptistry because there was a long line waiting to get baptized you remember how it was in uh, I think the long way where they went into the, the the changing rooms and the glory of God just fell same thing was going on here in Mutari they had two changing rooms there and you could hear the prayer meetings that were going on inside those changing rooms as they were shouting and dancing and weeping uh, at the glory of God just filling that place unbelievable I'm just telling you it was just unbelievable all right let's move on All right, we did make a little side trip. Here's what happened. We baptized until 6 o'clock on Saturday night. I, I was supposed to be back in Bulawayo Sunday. Now, you'll remember it was about a nine-hour drive. Now, we didn't get finished until 6 o'clock Saturday night. And we really didn't want to be driving for nine hours starting out at 6 o'clock. And we had not eaten anything. And uh, so we grabbed um, an order of chips. Uh, is what they call it, which is French fries. And uh, so we got an order of chips, and that's what we ate as we drove down the road on our way back to Bulawayo. And uh, we drove until we reached the city of Mashingo. And we got to Mashingo, I think, about 1 o'clock in the morning and said, this is as far as we can go tonight. And so we called around trying to find some kind of place to stay, finally found a place to stay, Thank God there was running water. I don't know when a shower has ever felt so good. But um, anyhow, uh, but right there at Mashingo is a world history site. It is called Great Zimbabwe. And this is actually when the country won their independence from Great Britain in 1980. They named it Zimbabwe after this site. Uh, this was all built a thousand years ago. And you can see the, the curvature of the stones. There are better pictures here. Again, you can look this up in, um, uh, look it up on Google. The pictures there don't really do it justice, but, but um, there's a wall here, an outer wall here. That outer wall, uh, when you see it, they have shaped those stones to be so decorative. They didn't just do it to serve a purpose they did it for beauty and when you're talking a thousand years ago and uh, the kind of tools they had and what they didn't have it becomes pretty amazing and I'm telling you this stretched out over I don't even know how many acres this is just one picture but since we were so close to Great Zimbabwe and I'd never been to it I'd heard about it never been there and in fact the hotel we ended up staying at was right beside the Great Zimbabwe uh, world history site and so we said we're right here beside it we'll go and uh, go take a look at it and we did and it was it was amazing to say the least this is only one small part of what stretched over acres and acres of walls and structures that they built rounded steps that they had they had made out of these stones and just unbelievable all right, let's go on. I think the next, yeah, what, what you see here, you probably can't tell it as well, but that monkey is actually getting fruit snacks out of Brother Stewart's hands. A 
from one monkey to the next. But, um, it, I, I did the same thing. It, it was just amazing. These are just monkeys just running loose. And this was right here at the Great Zimbabwe site. And uh, there were several monkeys there. I don't know if there's any more in that particular picture, but there were several around. And Brother Stewart and I both just put, you know, we'd, we'd toss them a couple fruit snacks and they'd chew on it and chew on it and chew on it and chew and chew and chew. And uh, they liked them pretty well, so they got to where they'd come up and take them out of our hand. Uh, let's, let's move on now. We're back into Bulawayo. This is the classroom. This is, again, a panoramic view. It's kind of hard to tell, but this room was packed. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, church, it was the biggest crowd we have taught to date, and we had others who wanted to come. We did not have room to accommodate them. Uh, you can see some of these setting against the back wall. We didn't even have room at the tables for everybody that was there that wanted to be a part of this leadership meeting. And I'm going to show you a little bit about this crowd in just a moment. In fact, let's, let's move on. This is the entire group, Brother Stewart and myself on the ends. And you can see, you can see that's a tremendous crowd of leaders. And they are from several different countries. We're going to break this down in the next picture and show you. Uh, this is the group from Malawi. We had eight men there from Malawi. Malawi is a long uh, country, kind of shaped like a banana. I mean, it just it's long and narrow. And so we've got two regions in Matari, the northern region, the southern region. And, and we had men from both of those regions present. And, um, and so these men are from uh, Malawi. Did I say Mutari? Malawi. Uh, this is northern and southern Malawi. Eight men present there from Malawi. Let's go on to the next one. And these are the men from Zimbabwe. And uh, we have, this man is from Harare, which is the capital city. Uh, this is Pastor Robert that I talked about that was our scared driver. And he's actually the man living on the property that we own there. This is Bishop Benjamin McCory. He is my leader in Africa right now. And he's been with me. Some of you have heard me tell the story of how he came to our second meeting in October of 2013 with the intent of proving me wrong. And at the end of that meeting, got up and said, I want to be the first to be baptized in Jesus' name. That's Bishop McCory right there. This man, um, I'm going to tell you, we really had revival in Mutari, all right? Because I'm not lying to you. We baptized Elvis and Prince. We had a revival now, all right? So, but this is Elvis. Prince is not in the picture, but Elvis was there. Um, this is Elvis. This man is from Mutari. So we just baptized him on Saturday. And Monday, he drove to Bulawayo. Now, he told me, he said, I really want to come. I want to be a part of the leadership meeting. And uh, let me tell you, just, just give me just a moment. I, I hope I'm not taking too much time here for, for you. I want you to have time to, to preach. But let me tell you a little bit about this man. This man, I talked to him before the baptism. And he, he told me, he said, when I went to Bible school, he said, there was a group of us, college students, that we were reading the scriptures and we saw baptism in Jesus' name in the scriptures. That's not what they were teaching in the college. They were Trinitarian. But he said, I and a few other students were studying the scriptures among ourselves and we saw it and we baptized each other in Jesus' name. 
And so God had already given him a revelation. And of course, I talked to him and I said, well, now look, you know, the name is the authority. And if somebody, I said, the person that baptized you, if they hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name, I think it'd be good for you to get baptized again because how can they transfer authority to you if they didn't have authority? So he said, I'm getting baptized. So we baptized him in that group. Now he told me, he said, I want to come. I want to be a part of the leadership meeting. He said, I'll do my best. It wasn't in the budget to bring him. We weren't planning on taking anybody from Mutari. He said, I'll do my best to pay my own way. So here's what he did. He got in a car and he started towards Bulawayo without the money to buy gas. But he would stop and pick up hitchhikers and let them give him gas money to get him down the road as far as he could get, drop them off, pick up another hitchhiker, let them put gas in the car, and he did that for the entire trip. That's how hungry he was to be in those sessions. I found out this man has got some tremendous connections. I'm telling you, church, God hooked this up. He did it. This man has printing equipment in his house. He's got several companies that he prints materials for them with professional binding. And he said, Bishop, when you get ready to print your next set of curriculum for the teaching sessions, you just tell me. We'll print them up for you. This man here is quite a story. This is Pastor Chipimberi. Chipimberi means rhino. That's what it means. It is, it is the Shona word for rhino, which um, he wasn't there, but uh, also from Zimbabwe, Bishop Lovu, uh, who's, who's had some health problems. Lovu means elephant. I said, you know, we're going to have a zoo here. We're not just... we're. we're but anyhow, Pastor Chippenberry, let me tell you something about him. This man was in our second conference as well. I mentioned to you when we did our presentation that there were some who were with me in the beginning that were actually pushing others away. This was one of the men that got pushed away. But he somehow got a hold of my contact information, and ever so often he would just send me a message, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm just praying for you. I hope all is well. He never asked for anything. He never tried to get anything from me. It was just a genuine interest in how we were doing. And then I would tell him, hey, did you know that we're coming uh, to Harare? Did you know we're going to have a meeting? No, nobody told me. I said, well, you're invited. He would come. And so the day finally came. Those other men, we found out what they really were, what was going on with them. And so we reached out to him and said, why don't you come and be a part of this? You've been faithful. You've stayed in touch with us. And so Pastor Chipinberry is, uh, is now a part of our leadership group, and we are very thankful for that. So we have uh, Bulawayo. I'm sorry, we have Mutari. Uh, this, this is Pastor Mubai. Pastor Mubai is the one that we prayed for, by the way, that on the way home from South Africa, we lost contact with him. You remember that? Found out later he'd been sick and God had touched him. That's Pastor Mubai. That's him right there on the end. He is from Harare. Uh, Pastor Robert Chatindo, as I said, is the man in Bulawayo, lives on the property there. Pastor McCory, this is Pastor Elvis Joseph, and he is from Mutari, and Pastor Chipimberi is also from Harare. All right, this is our one representative from the country of South Africa. And so we're very thankful to have somebody from South Africa there. And I've told you, I do, I still feel like South Africa is going to be a key for us. And eventually we're going to break into that and, uh, and get there. This is, his name is Zachariah, but he goes by Zakes. 
as a shortened form of Zachariah. Pastor's aches, all right? From the Republic of South Africa. Let's move on. These are our men from Zambia. Zambia. Now, we're going to talk more about Pastor Ephraim in a few minutes. Um, this is um, Pastor Daniel um, Mulinga. This is Pastor Elijah. I mean, we had prophets there. We had everything. You understand? This is Pastor Elijah and Pastor Samuel. Pastor Samuel is the one who, when he came to the meeting the last time, he had been put out of his house, put out of his church over the truth. And uh, this man, I'm telling you, uh, he broke my heart again one day as I was teaching. Uh, now, God's blessed them. They, they have found a place they're renting. He told me it's not as big as we'd like. It's not, as, it's not everything we hoped for, but it's, at least we're under a roof. And so we're thanking God for that. But, but Pastor Samuel, one day while I was teaching, he raised his hand and he said, Bishop, would you please teach us to pray? He said, we have our own ways of praying, but I want to know how to pray like you pray. I want you to teach us, give us the tools that you use. What a man, what a man. All right, let's, let's move on, let's move on. The next, this is Zambia now. And now these men... This is interesting. These four men are from Swaziland. We have never had a doctrinal conference in Swaziland. But we've got four men here, baptized in Jesus' name, believe the oneness of God, from this country. They came to our meeting in South Africa. And that's where God gave them the revelation. And so we have yet to go to their country, and this is Pastor Jeffrey. This man, I think I told you about him, that he approached me in an airport last year, just walked up to me and said, are you a man of God? I was dressed casually, and, and I said, yes, sir. He said, I knew it. And he began to talk to me. He said, God prompted me. You've got something for me. And so we began to talk. I got him to come to the conference in Johannesburg. We baptized him in Jesus' name. These four pastors have all been baptized in Jesus' name. What, what an amazing, amazing... This man here, his wife just left him. And uh, he is standing for the truth in spite of everything. What a story. Pastor Jeffrey, Pastor Jeffrey told me... How many of you have heard of... Um, what did I tell you it was? Um, Voice of America. Voice of America Radio. Has anybody ever heard of Voice of America Radio? They, they go into third world countries and set up huge radio towers where they could broadcast all over uh, the continent. Pastor Jeffrey has connections with uh, whoever's running the Voice of America in southern Africa. He has a broadcast there. He is begging me. Come to Swaziland, do a doctrinal conference. We're going to put you on the radio and let you get this out. And he said, it not only covers Swaziland, it goes into, I think, Malawi, into um, Mozambique, into South Africa, Zimbabwe. It covers most of the southern part of that continent. He said, if you can just come to, 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 to Swaziland, we're going to get you on the radio. He's begging me to come. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do it, but 
By the way, I didn't mention to you, when we stopped in, in South Africa, before we left, the lady running the hotel told me, she said, please, please make arrangements to be here on a Sunday. My pastor is going to want you to preach if you can just stick around for an extra Sunday, preach in our church in Johannesburg. The doors are opening unbelievably. So these men are from Swaziland. And thank God, thank God. All right, what have we got next? What have we got next? Next picture, here we go. Pastor Ephraim. Pastor Ephraim, you will remember, this man is from Zambia. He's one of the men from Zambia. You remember me telling the story of, of the man whose wife was sick and he left her home sick to come to the conference. Anybody remember me telling that, that Saturday night that he was worried about her? I didn't realize how sick she was. In this picture, he is telling us the whole story. I didn't know it all. He told us this woman, evidently she... Um, she <sighs> was anemic. Uh, she was having to take medication to build her blood count every day. Uh, I think two or three times a day. She was so weak. He said her fever was unbelievably high. She could do nothing for herself. He had to bathe her. He had to dress her. He had to take care of his entire family. His wife was completely bedridden. That was the condition she was in when he came to the leadership conference in January. And it was during that meeting that I, I, I was preaching and I just stopped. And I said, Brother Ephraim, God wants to heal your wife. And we started praying and the power of God fell. He told me, he said, right now, my wife is up. We've gotten rid of her medication. We don't need it anymore. Her temperature is normal. She's taking care of herself. She's taking care of her kids. What an absolute miracle. What an absolute miracle that God has performed for Pastor Ephraim. And we are so thankful for that. You can see here, this was in the classroom. The glory of God is falling. They are standing. They're praying. They're seeking God. I can't even tell you, church, I cannot put into words the glory of God that met with us day after day after day. And I'm telling you, we would start at, at nine in the morning, I think. We started our class, and, and we had class. We would break for lunch. We would break for supper. We'd go back in there. We'd have class again after each meal. It was 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night before we got through. When I got through, they wanted to talk. I'd be talking to them. I don't even know what time I got to bed. Every night we were there. But the glory of God was so strong and so powerful. They are still telling me there's been nothing like this meeting. We've never been in anything like this was when the power of God met with us in such a powerful, powerful way. Amen. Let's, let's see. All right. This is what I was telling you. That's the end result. That was Thursday afternoon. Now, again, you got the picture. We get in Tuesday night. I get almost no sleep. We fly in. We drive for nine hours. I get almost no sleep. We start a conference the very next day. It runs Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Saturday night, we drive half a day, get up, drive the rest of the day. They're already on the property waiting for me. We start our leadership training Monday. It goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, half a day Thursday. We got through that half a day. I had to spend time visiting with them, talking to them, helping them, encouraging them, answering them questions. And by the time everybody was off the property, I walked back in the house, Brother Stewart walked in the house, 
We found those two chairs, and friend, it was over. That's the way I, that's the way I felt then and still feel kind of the same way right now. It took a lot out of us. But I think that's the last picture, right? Thank you so much again for your prayers. Thank you for what you're doing. I'm telling you, church, you know, it comes to my mind, the song uh, that was popular some years ago, uh, Thank You for Giving to the Lord. And it just tells the story of getting to heaven and meeting people that you impacted, people that you, uh, you did something that you didn't even know. You never met them. You didn't know what was going on. But because of your prayers and your fasting and your giving financially and your support of what I I'm trying to do. There are going to be people in heaven who God, I believe, is going to give them perfect understanding and perfect knowledge, and I believe they're going to come up and hug your neck and say, thank you for giving to the Lord. Thank you for helping us to see the way. Thank you for sharing your pastor with us so that he could tell us the right way, and we're no longer in false doctrine. I'm telling you, God has used you, New Life Pentecostal Church. God has used you and he's changing a continent because of you and your efforts. Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord right now. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. Well, that's just sermon number one. We get a double header tonight. Amen. I want us to stand. I am so happy to have my son in the gospel home for this weekend. He did such a great job of following the Holy Ghost today. Just walked in the Spirit, and I love to see that happen. I love to see that happen. And uh, I am so glad that he's here for a few days and um, glad that he's consented to take care of things, uh, not only in my absence, but while I recuperate and uh, try to get back up on top of things. As far as revival, Brother Herring has had to keep postponing revival. I still don't know when he's coming. So we had announced revival for this week, but I still don't know when he's coming. But it doesn't look like it's going to be this week. So we'll let you know when we find out something. But we got a good evangelist here right now. And I told him, I said, if Brother Herring keeps canceling, I may just have you stick around and preach a revival. Be all right with me. It would be all right with me. Praise God. But anyhow, we love you, Brother Hilton, very, very much. And... I mean it when I say that I am honored that you would come. And uh, I, I know that God resists the proud, but I think there is a kind of a sanctified proud that is okay. At least I hope that's the case. Um, if not, I'm in trouble. Pray for me. Because I'm proud of this man and what he is doing for God. And the future that I see unfolding before him. And I want him to come tonight. If he wants to sing a little bit and get everybody back in the spirit, that's fine. Whatever he wants to do, I'm giving him perfect liberty tonight. Amen. I want you to come. We love you. God bless you. Take your liberty.
Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. I got a song we can sing. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are they. And that's amazing, the, the uh, testimonies that, that, we've, that we just witnessed. And, um, you know, just there's something about, um, as he's showing the pictures of those guys, that they, you, you just, there's just something about the way they look. They just look apostolic. There's some of those guys that just have that apostolic look about them. And, and that's, you know, that Holy Ghost glow or, you know, I don't know what it is, but there's something about somebody who's got the Holy Ghost. And um, when they have it, you know it. You can see it in their, you can feel it in their spirit. You can see it in their actions. And, um, I mean, I'm just thankful to see that and witness that among uh, our brethren in Africa. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. I was kind of hoping he'd just go and teach tonight and just, all right, so you sit down, have a break, and I guess we'll have church tonight. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we'll open to Luke.